Father, that we are your children. And I thank you, Father, that today you, you, have, you have anointed us and you have gifted us and you have given us your spirit to be able to speak life, Father, into our destiny, to be able to speak into the dry bones to come alive. And Father, you not just bring them alive, but then you breathe into them, Father, and give them life. Father, today I thank you that we are open to hear your word. Father, see your word like we've never heard and seen before, that our hearts are good ground, that your word goes in as a seed. And I thank you, Father, that as we live your word, that we are blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God is good, isn't he? Amen. You may be seated. It's great to see all of you this morning. Praise God. Awake my soul. As we get into this, I wanted to... uh, encourage you we we have a guest speaker coming in in july july 10 his name's jerry peterson and uh, if you've been around here for a while you might recognize the name jerry came uh about six or seven years ago it was around 2005 or so when he came and and uh he he had a real a word for us at the time the word that he had was it's time to double and it was a vbi graduation time and he had come and, and shared that word and i have gone back to that word in my life a bunch of times and I see Jerry every year when I go down there and I talk to him and say hi he was my baseball coach my senior year good guy great guy but you know he's anointed and and when he when I go back to that word and I had just been back in that word like a week or so before he called and said hey I'm headed that direction uh do you have some time and would you like me to come and I really felt like that was what God had for us and so if you want to be here on the 10th Wednesday night you can meet Jerry see him and I know he'll have a word that that we all can latch on to and hold on to if you want to turn to Ezekiel 37, it's the passage of Scripture that we just sang about, you know, where Ezekiel spoke to the bones. And last week, at the end of our message about being a super dad, and I'm not going to take off my shirt today, this is all I got right here, so we're good. I don't have any costumes on or anything. But as, as we got to the end of that message, the last part of that message was not just that, that men as, as fathers are providers and protectors, but the third part was that they're spiritual leaders in their home. And it was directed mainly and specifically to fathers because as our job of fathers is to pray for our kids. And then at the end, I shared a little bit and said to prophesy into their life, to speak those things that are not as if they were. And some of you have children who aren't walking with the Lord, and so you can kind of hold on to that. Maybe your children are walking with the Lord, and you're not sure what that means. That means that you're calling into their life the spouse that they're supposed to have. You're calling into their life the job that they're supposed to have. Well, they're only six years old, but you can't do it too soon or too early. And, and I knew this message was coming, and I knew this was, was the next thing on the list for us as we went through. We're going to talk a little bit about awake over the next few weeks this week about his life that's in you, and next week about the price of freedom as we begin to celebrate the 4th of July coming up next week on Thursday. And we'll have service on Wednesday night on the 3rd as well, so if you want to be here, we can celebrate then too. But we'll have a message on freedom and the price that was paid for our freedom next week. And then the following week will be about his life through you and about how in this earth we go through this passage where it says that Ezekiel prophesied to the bones. This passage is, 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 a, is used a lot of different ways, but it's, it's prophetic. It talks about the, the coming up and a coming alive of the, of the children of Israel. And some people say it was for that time because they were in, they were in captivity. Some of them say it's, it's for the last days. Some of them say it's about Israel rising up and becoming who she is to become. Uh, Ezekiel was a, was, a, was a young man who was trained to be a priest. And he became a, God began to use him as a prophet. But here, here's the thing, he was, he was a priest in a world that really didn't need a priest. The, the tribes were split, they were all in captivity, there was a very few number of people who would even listen to him if he had anything to say. 
And I think sometimes in our life, it doesn't look like you're going to be what God said. You're not going to see what he told you you would see. And, and I know we talk about dreams and passions and all those kind of things a lot around here. But, but this message is about awaking unto that life that he has for you in, in your life. Not just your children and speaking into theirs. Not just into this world as we speak revival in a couple of weeks and talk about speaking people into the kingdom of God and those bones to rise up. But this message is about, is about you and where you are in your life. And knowing and understanding that the love and the life of God is on the inside of you. It says in his word that if you are in Christ, then you are his. And his life is in you. And if you have his life on the inside of you, then there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to, as his kings and priests, his royal priesthood put into this earth, there's no reason why we can't speak into our lives, into existence in our lives, the things that God has said, the things that he has showed us, and the things that we have seen with our eyes. In this particular vision, and we can go back and begin in verse, verse 1 of chapter 37. Ezekiel says, And the hand of the Lord came upon me. And that's important because when you begin to speak into your, your, your future, when you begin to speak into your existence, the things that haven't happened yet, the things that aren't there yet, you have to be speaking according to the will of God. That's part of the reason why, you know, we write the vision and do those kind of things. It's so that we know what that is. His word says that, that we can speak according to his will and we know that we have what we have spoken and what we have said. And that comes from 1 John in chapter 5. But it has to be according to his will. It has to be the Holy Spirit speaking in and through you. And he says here in verse 1, And the hand of the Lord came upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And the valley was full of bones. And then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O oh Lord God, only you know. And again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and surely you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover with the skin and with the breath and put the breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. It's God working in and through you as you speak, but you get to that point in the end and you understand and know that it wasn't there before you got there, but when you got there, it was there. You spoke it into existence by the Spirit of God, and it was Him who did it and not you. You just got to be a part of it by speaking it. A lot of believers don't have the things that God has promised them, the things that they have seen, the things that they have heard, because they have re re just absolutely neglected to speak it. You write it down, you may think it, you may say, you know what, I, I'm sure this is what God has for me, but it doesn't come out of your mouth. You're fighting, like we said with the fathers, you're fighting a spiritual battle, and if you as a father and the leader in your house do not bring the weapons to the battle, you're going to be defeated. And in your life as an individual, you are fighting a spiritual battle, not just for life, because he has given you life. You're not fighting for existence eternally with him, because he's already given you that. You're fighting for the life that he has for you in this earth, and the things that he has promised you in this earth that you would see that you would experience and that you would be and i think a lot of believers aren't speaking to those things and when you don't speak to them life they die and it may look all around you like your life is full of bones speak to them prophesy to those bones that they shall live in this word, it goes on and it says, not just do they come together with sinew and with those things like David's saying. It says, indeed, I looked, and as the sinews and the flesh came upon them, the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. 
And it goes on to me in verse 9, and it says, And God had said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. That you, be, you are calling those things that are not as if they are. Not just as a dad, not just as a mother, but in your own life. You're calling provision into existence. You can speak to your checking account. You can, you can speak to it. You can speak to your health. You can speak to your body and tell it to start acting right and feeling right. Why? Because God says in his word that he has healed us by his stripes. Therefore, that is his will. So, well, I don't feel like it. Well, that's exactly why you should begin to speak it. Do you believe that the word of God is true? Yes. Are you speaking the word of God? Not just a scripture in here, but are you speaking specifically to that thing? Calling it in to existence. He says in verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me. I did it. And then in the end, if you go to verse 13, it says, then you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 14 says again, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. It reminds me of us in this church and the, and the building and the lands that have been promised by God. And that word that God gave Pastor Bill those years ago, that, that the congregation would know it, that everybody would know it, that it was his hand that moved, that there was no opportunity and no way for us to be able to do what God is about to do in this church and in this body, but it's because of him. Now this, 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 but you got to do this. You got to call that into existence. That, that word hasn't changed. That word is written down. That word is spoken. That word is spoken not just for us, but for the things that God has for you as individuals. Are you speaking that word that says, in the end, I will put my spirit in you. You shall live and I will place, I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. We have a lot of folks that wander around many days as those zombie believers. And Elizabeth and I shared a message in, in March about don't be a zombie. And, and, the, and the zombie thing is it's just going, man, we're just, we're, just, we're just existing. We're not living, we're existing. And it didn't just say that these bones would come together, but these bones would come together and that God would breathe life into those bones that they would live. And it's that abundant life like John 10, 10 that says the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Not just that you're existing in this world, but that he breathes life into you. It's a two-part process, and many of you are in the first part, and you haven't received the second part yet. Just wait. He'll breathe. That song as we start to breathe on me, breath of God. Why? Because there's life in that. It says he formed Adam from the dust of the ground. It didn't say that he picked him up and walked him around. It said he formed him first. Then what did he do? Then he breathed into him. In this particular passage, as Ezekiel was speaking to these bones or seeing this happen in the vision that he had, it said that the bones all came together, but there was no what in them. There was no life in them. So he said, son of man, prophesy to the wind, prophesy to the breath, prophesy that the four winds would come from the place and I will breathe breath into them. It's two parts. Bring them all together, all the bones. That's impossible to do. The bones were scattered. They were absolutely bone dry. <laughs> they were dry. 
There was, I mean, there was nothing there. There was no, there was no marrow in them. They, they were scattered all over the place. There were shoulder blades over there and, and thighs over here. Or not thighs, uh, femurs. Uh, there were all kinds of things all over the... They were scattered. Nobody could put them all back together again. It was a puzzle that couldn't be put together. But God could put it together. And by the Spirit, He spoke that into Ezekiel. Say it. And then all the bones began to rattle and all of them began to come together. There is a process in this and you can't stop speaking what God told you. His life is on the inside of you. You are not a zombie. You should not be, I should say, a zombie. Wandering around just just day by day, week to week, month to month. Well, it's June. July's around the corner. Pretty soon it'll be August and school will start and these kids will leave. And then I'll have my house to myself. Then I'll have time in December to have Christmas. Oh, look, it's January again. <laughs> and you go to work, and then you come home. And then you go to work, and then you come home. There's a story that I read, and, I, and there's all kinds of different people who share, have shared this story, and it came from a lot of different, a lot of different sources. And, and so it doesn't really say who, who this particular person was who, who was sharing this story, but there's a story of this guy in San Francisco who's a toll booth toll booth worker. Have you ever seen the toll booth workers? They say, here you go, it's a dollar, they take your dollar, they give you a receipt, take your dollar, that's all, that's all they do. They're like little coffins. Those little boxes are like little coffins, and they're just in there. And when you go across the bridge there, there's like 17 of these things. And this guy said, I pulled up to one, and he said, oh, I heard all this music, just like the music box that we used to play, you know? It was all, that, that, that video, it was, all the, it was all this music. And he said, when I rolled my window down, this guy was in the toll booth and he was dancing to the music. And he said, you don't have, it's not like you have the longest time to have a conversation with somebody. But I, you know, I said, I started to give him, I said, well, what are you, this guy said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm having a party. And he said, well, what about all these other people? He said, they're not invited. <laughs> and then he drove away. And he said, but that, that's, that stuck to him. There was, all these other, there were 17 tobos, 16 of them were just this. There's a dollar, here's your, here's your dollar, here's your, and, and he's, he's got music playing, he's dancing, he's having a great time. So this particular story goes on. The guy said, yeah, I've been through there a few times, and I thought, I'm going to find that guy again. And he said, it's difficult, you know, because there's so many people, and the traffic is, is so wide. But he said, there came another day when I came through, and I heard the music. And, and I drove up, and, and I rolled my window down, and he was there, and I said, hey, you're the guy having a party. And he said, yeah, I remember you. And he said, he's dancing the whole time. And he said, I want to I I find out why you're doing this. And he said, take me out to dinner. And he said, okay. And so they made plans. He paid him his money. He got his thing and he went off and they made plans to have dinner. And when, they, when he got back to this guy and they had dinner and he got to finally ask him the questions, why are you different? Why in your toll booth is there a party? And why in the rest of the toll booths does it look like a funeral? They all look like they're in the little caskets just doing their thing. Why is it that you're having a party. And he said, because in my life, I want to dance. I, I, I know that I'm supposed to be a dancer, but I can't afford my dance, uh, my, my dance uh, instructor. I can't, infor, can't afford to go to the classes and to do all those kind of things. So in this booth, I have realized that the, the city, the county, the government is paying me to go to dance class. So I am having dance class in my booth. Even though I'm not a dancer right now, I am, I am practicing and I am dancing in my booth. And you know what? They're paying me for it. I'm getting paid to dance. And the guy kind of shook his head and that was a new perspective and a new thought and a new idea. In your life, are you dancing even though you're not getting to be or do or see what God said? 
See, are you speaking? He was speaking these things into existence, not just doing them and dancing in his little booth. Now, if you go to work and start dancing on your desk, I don't know what will happen to you, but I don't know how many of you are really called to be dancers, but I am. That's my thing. But the, the, the idea is, look, you're not a zombie. No, they have not had a funeral for you yet. You are not dead. Now, you, you may feel dry. You may feel scattered. You may feel like you're, you're dislocated and, and all over the place. You may not feel like there's much life on the inside of you. But I am telling you, son of man, speak to your bones. Speak to your future. Speak to the existence of the things that God has promised you, that they are coming together. Prophesy that the breath come in to the thing that God told you. Prophesy that the breath, the living God will breathe into your situation, that your financial situation will change because you speak into it. I know what God said. This is what he promised me. This is what his will is for my life. I am going to speak it into existence. He makes dead things live. That's what he does. It's not just a vision that, that Ezekiel saw. This is, this is something that God does. And he sent Christ to die on the cross so that he could prepare and make a way for us to have what? Life. Why? Because we were dead in trespasses to sin. But it says that he came and that he who has the son has life. Now live that life. Speak into it. We get disappointed. We get discouraged in all of those things. And we forget to speak. You're thinking about it because you're thinking that it's never going to happen. You're thinking about it all the time. We're just thinking the wrong thoughts. We're thinking about it because we want to try to figure out how it can happen. We're thinking about it because we say, you know what? I've been let down again. We're thinking about it because when we come to church, we say, oh, God has a word for me today. We're thinking about it because we say, oh, I hope someday this would, this would probably come to, come to be. Oh, we think about it all the time. Change your thoughts and then begin to confess and speak and prophesy in your situation that these things will happen, that they are coming to pass, that you are who God created you to be, that you will see what God told you you would see. See, he came to Ezekiel first and he said to him, oh, son of man, can these bones live? You have to answer that question for yourself. He actually asked him in a way, in that language and in that time, that there was no answer but no. He asked him the question that already had an answer, and the way that he asked the question, the answer was no. But Ezekiel was very wise, and he said, only you know, God, if they can live. Why is that important? Because the things that are going to live in your life are the things that God placed in your life and placed in your path, not somebody else's, not something else. And he said, if this is your will that these bones live, I'm prophesying, I'll speak it, I'm here, but only you know if they can live. And they said, all right, I got somebody that believes that I can. Because in the end, who does it says does all this? God. Ezekiel said, not because I speak, because of who you are is why these bones shall live. And then he gives us that same choice as we go through the word. Are we going to receive Jesus or not? In Deuteronomy 30, 30, he says, I I set before you this day, what? Death and life, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose to dance in your toll booth. Choose life. Not just choose it because we have all chosen Jesus if he's the Lord and Savior of your life. We've chosen him. Not just choose that life, but begin to choose the life that he created you to live. 
begin to speak that into existence. And we're going to get to speaking to your kids. We're going to get to speaking to your neighborhoods and your jobs and all those things in a couple of weeks. But today, you can't begin to speak to all those things if you're not alive and living yourself. Speak life into your life. Speak life into your future. Jesus, John 14, 6, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Ephesians 2 is where I said that earlier. It says that we are dead in trespasses. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. We were, we were dead to trespasses and sin, but it said he made us what? Alive. God formed you and he gave you life physically. And then secondary, as you came into this world and matured as a young man or young woman, you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and he gave you real life spiritually, new life. He said the old things have been passed away and all things have been made new. There's a new life on the inside of you. Not about quality, it's about quantity. You can live 16 years and live the best 16 years ever. You can live the next 10 years, and it doesn't sound like a long time, but they could be the greatest 10 years that you've ever lived. Or you can live 50 years, spend 13 of them doing something, 12 of them not doing anything, 14 of them just hanging around, and three having a good time. Or you can spend the next 50 having a good time. That's up to you, and that's up to me. That's a choice that we have to make. And I'm just encouraging you today, speak. Go home, pull out those journals, get those things down, and begin to speak life into those things. That it may be a time issue, it may be a moment issue. Remember, he formed and then he breathed. He brought the bones together and then he breathed life. That doesn't matter. He still had to prophesy to get the bones together. See, he still had to speak to bring those things together before he could speak the breath that came into them. This is a process, and many of us are just speaking breath, and we haven't brought the bones together. God, put the pieces and parts together in my life so that I can be all you call me to be, and I can reach who you've called me to reach. I call the finances to come together in my life so I can be all you created me to be and do all you created me to do. See, it's all about him, and it's about what he has for you and who he has for you. I thank you, Father, that I have perfect health in my bones, not so I can run a marathon, not so I can feel better, but so that I can get out there and I can reach more people because in my bed, I can't reach anybody sick at home, I'm not reaching anybody. But if I feel well and I'm doing well, I'm going out and I'm doing what? Laying hands on the sick and they're what? Recovering. Father, I thank you that you put the, you put the sick in my way and that the power of God is, is alive on the inside of me and it flows through me. I'm speaking about that life. That's, that You begin to do that. That begins to build you up. Begin to pray in the spirit and that spirit begins to fill you. It says it's going to build you up in your most holy faith. That it's like you're just all of a sudden things are changing. There's electricity going on, and in who you're morphing and you're changing. His life, I'm telling you, your relationship with God brings life. Your relationship with Him brings life. You don't have any without Him. The Word is the foundation for your life. You have to have relationship to have life, and you have to know the Word and understand the Word to have foundation in your life. The Holy Spirit brings power into your life. So you have to have a relationship, you have to understand and know the word, and you have to allow the Holy Spirit to move in and through you because that's the power. That's plugging yourself into what God has for you. Otherwise, your batteries. And then we just kind of go until we run out of batteries. Then we try to juice ourselves back up by getting new batteries, and then we die. 
But if we keep ourselves plugged into who he is spiritually, being led by the Spirit of God, praying in the Spirit, operating in the gifts of the Spirit that Pastor Pam's teaching at 1130, well, I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. You're a believer. And it says that all of us can be used by God. Part of that is the gift of prophecy. Now, you are speaking those things. The last part of it is as you meditate and as you speak and as you live the word, do it, act on it, it proliferates the life. You don't just have life because of relationship. You don't just have a good foundation for your life because of the word. You don't just have power because the Holy Spirit has come and he resides on the inside of you. You also have the ability to proliferate life. That word means that you grow and reproduce. Sometimes it refers more to the cellular level or the budding level on the tree, that you're producing life, that it's, that it's coming out of you and that it's multiplying. Remember, who multiplies? God does. And he said, Jesus spoke, and he said in John 15, I am the vine, you're the branches. Any man that is in me, I am in him, and he will bear what? Much fruit, proliferated life. That it grows. And that it goes. Your words have great power. And I'm not just getting to, to a place to say you need to confess the word. You do need to confess the word. But you have to realize and understand, if you're not confessing his word, if you're not confessing his will, you're in trouble. Because Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Basically, which one you're saying, which one you're speaking is what you're going to see and what you're going to have. Well, all I see is dead bones. Then call those things that are not as if they were. That's what Abraham did. Well, no, no, no. It says in Romans 4.17 that God spoke that. It says in Romans 4.17 that he was the one who spoke those things that were not as if they were. That's true. And I know Paul spoke. And he said, you know what? We have to be like him. That, that if we believe, we must speak. In 2 Corinthians 4, and then he goes on and he begins to talk about the invisible. And he says, I don't pay attention and I don't think about and I don't talk about and I don't put all of my trust in the things that I see with my eyes because those things are temporal. I put all my trust and I speak to and I believe in those things that God has shown me and that I have not seen yet because those are the things that are eternal and those are the things that I'm going to see in my life. And it doesn't say anywhere in the word that Abraham wandered around and he told people that he was going to be a daddy of all these folks. But God told him that. And then remember, it's a process. He waited a long time to have Isaac. But in that process, first God told him. Then God changed his name. And so from that point that his name changed from Abram to Abraham, everywhere he went, he had to tell people, I am a father of many nations. Well, it doesn't say in the word that he said that. Well, do you suppose he just showed up? When they said, what's your name? What did he say? Abraham. See, we don't think about that. We don't think about the fact that his in those days, man, that name meant who you were. And God changed his name. So that to, now his name is Abraham. So everywhere he goes, he has to say, my name is Abraham, a father of many nations. He probably didn't put the tagline on. He didn't need to. They already knew what that meant. There's power in your words. It says and goes on in Romans chapter 4 and says he did not waver in what God had promised him. That means he did not speak words that didn't line up with what God said. He didn't allow those things 
to enter in those thoughts. This is not faith that ignores your circumstances and situations. Faith is trusting God more than your circumstances and situations. The doctor says you're sick and you're not going to be able to make it. But God's word says that you will. So you know what? I trust his word more than I trust the doctor. Yeah, but the doctor's been to school a long time. Yeah, but God created the doctor. Huh? It doesn't look like you. I, you speak to that car. I am not. I can't get any more excited for Sandy. I've, I've read those prayer requests and I have to say at times I've almost given up for you. I've sat in that office and I've read that prayer request that says, I'm believing for a new car. I'm believing for a new car. When I see it coming, sometimes I'm like, I can even I know exactly what it says. God, would you just give her a new car? She had to believe that God would do it. And she had to speak it into existence. And if she stops speaking, then it won't happen. But she didn't stop speaking, and she didn't just get what she thought she might get. She got something better. Came from a different... You can try to figure out how to get a new car. I'm sure that might have happened. You could try to try to figure out how God could do something to bring this thing into your life, how you could afford it, how it could happen. But I'm telling you, God will do things in your life that you don't understand and you don't even know. They just come out of this field and that field. You didn't even know this was yours. But when you got there because you had been confessing that there would be... Do you get this? Because you have been confessing that there would be an abundance, then one day you get there, you don't know where it's going to come from, and you don't know the day that that abundance is going to fall on you. But if you don't, if you don't call it into existence, if you don't call these bones together, if you don't speak life into those things, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Are you speaking to the bones in your life? Are you speaking? Speaking to the bones. Speak. 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 From the north, the south, the east, and the west. He said, speak that the four winds would bring the breath. Speak. 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 Don't stop. Don't stop. Until the day they put you in the earth. Don't stop. And you go and be with him. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.